Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Tampa Bay Buccaneers from the 48-yard line. Second down, 13. Brady lobs one downfield. Caught ball by Gronkowski. Inside the 20 to the 15-10. Gronkowski to the 5 to the 4-yard line. Holy Gronkowski. <laughs> Third down, 18. Dropping Gannon, looking Gannon, looking Gannon. Those up the middle. It's intercepted at the Derek 30. Brooks. Derek Brooks, 30. Brooks to the 25-20. Derek Brooks all the way. There it is. The dagger's in. Yeah. We're going to win the Super Bowl. Super Bowl, baby. This is the big nasty. Yeah, big nasty Hall of Fame Tampa Bay Buccaneer fan, baby. This is Mike Allstott, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and you're listening to the Cannon Fire Podcast. Cannon Fire Podcast, brother. You ain't listening, and you're missing out. Woo! Never thought I'd be saying this on this podcast, but ladies and gentlemen, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are one win away from the Super Bowl. Their road to Tampa Bay goes through Aaron Rodgers and Lambeau Field this Sunday for the NFC Championship game. It is the Buccaneers' first NFC Championship appearance since the 2 season, and it's their fourth total as a franchise. So to say it is a big game this week is quite the understatement. Welcome back to the Cannon Fire Podcast. Back at you today for episode 163. I'm your host, as always, Rhett Matthew, joined alongside me, my good buddy and co-host, Philly Bucks fan himself, Mr. Evan Wanish, who has showed up on time, ready to go, ready to record this podcast. How you doing, brother? Doing pretty good. How are you? Doing good. Now, we do have a very special guest, if you guys have yet to notice, over on our uh, YouTube. Well, is he even a guest at this point? Yeah, I mean, it's the honorary third member. You know him, you love him. James Hill, a.k.a. Mr. Bucks Nation on YouTube. Welcome back to the show, buddy. I am so glad you were on time today. It feels good to be on time. And (laughs) got a Can of Fire podcast shirt that you can get. You can get somewhere. uh, You can get it somewhere. Yeah, you can get it somewhere. (laughs) Somewhere out there, you, you might be able to find a couple of those. If you shoot us a message on uh, social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, we'll get your size. We'll send it out to you. Actually, we won't get your size because the only ones we have left are XLs. But I think we still have your choice of black or red. So if you guys want one, 25 bucks a piece, and it comes with a bunch of stickers as well. It's the older logo. So it'll have to do until we can get those reprinted shirts that we have talked about, which might be happening over the course of the offseason. But Alas, let's just kind of wait for that. Let's t- let's talk about the game. I mean, we're here for much bigger reasons, folks. As I had mentioned, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are headed to the NFC Championship game. They're going to take on the Green Bay Packers, a team that they absolutely annihilated week six, 38 to 10, the final score of that game, a pick six from Aaron Rodgers and another interception. And just a friendly reminder, that's the same Aaron Rodgers who finished the regular season with 48 touchdowns and five interceptions. So, I mean, the MVP in a class all by himself it seems yeah i mean it seems like he's the pretty much the favorite to win mvp i don't really think there's anybody i mean josh allen can maybe make a case uh patrick mahomes can make a case but i think the consensus is pretty much aaron Rodgers. so um i mean getting to a super bowl is difficult and uh you're gonna have to you have to go through the MVP at the MVP's house. And um, that's why, you know, it's so difficult to win and, you know, they're going to have to earn it. Yeah. These are two very different teams 
than they were week six. And I know we said that about the Bucks and the Saints last week, and obviously we saw how that played out, but it just cannot be understated enough. These are two vastly different teams. The Packers look at that 38-10 to 10 loss as their outlier on the season, and ever since then they've really made some good adjustments, and here they are playing in the NFC Championship game as the one seed. So I guess you can guess how the rest of the season ended up going for them. But before we go any further, we are contractually obligated to let you guys know that we are sponsored by BetOnline.ag. If you're betting on the Bucks and Lambeau this weekend or on the Bills and Chiefs game for the over, make sure you check out our friends over at BetOnline. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any other place online. And of course, you've always got the online casino, which never closes. So head over to BetOnline.ag today. Take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Once again, BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook expert. Support for CFP is also brought to you by Manscaped, the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Fellas, as a couple of gentlemen here, we don't have to go into too much detail, but I think we can all agree that going below the belt just sucks ass, right? It's terrible. It's something you really wish you didn't have to do. Mm, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's simple. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's exactly why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. The Manscaped engineering team spent 18 months perfecting the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created, and they just released the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code CANON20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use code CANON20. I saw you laughing, James. Don't think. Yeah. Yeah. What's up? What's I'm so just funny, so. Dude? I'm so happy you guys have Manscaped as a sponsor. I really am. I never, I never thought that. I always see all the other, all the other, uh, you know, podcasts and you know, content creators out there that say this, this product, this video is sponsored by Manscaped. And mm-hmm. just hearing Red say that just gives me so much yeah. joy. Well, stay well, tuned because well, I guarantee you, know, you next the, week we'll be the sponsored. Thought of- the thought of shaving shaving down there, I guess, gives James a lot of joy. It's well, just, if that's, you, that's you know, what I take like, away from it. If you like content like that, stay tuned, because next week we'll be sponsored by Raid Shadow Legends. So uh, that one will be pretty good. <laughs> so obviously we're here to talk about the game. We got the sponsor stuff out of the way. All of those guys should be happy. But uh, there's a lot to talk about leading up to this game. It's been a pretty eventful week in Buccaneer news. Before we even try to preview this game, let's talk about a lot of the happenings at one buck. I wanted to ask you guys first and foremost, what do you make of this Bruce Arians quote? He had said something in a press conference this week that has reporters between Tampa and Boston feeling every single type of way. Like I I have seen takes on this that go every which way. There's some people who commend it. There's some people who call Arians a terrible coach because of it. Um, A lot of people saw this quote and said, well, the Bucs are going to lose by 50 this Sunday in Green Bay, which I disagree with. But uh I like how you typed it because it showed up on the screen in the video, too. Okay. So, James, you've got this one first. But really quickly, the quote from Bruce Arians regarding Tom Uh, Brady. So what was the exact quote? the, The quote is, I allow Tom Brady to be himself. Like, New England didn't allow him to coach. I allow him to coach. Sometimes I just sit back and watch. So, obviously, this is referring to how... Tom Brady has the ability, the leadership ability, the experience to just kind of take control of a team sometimes. And I think this is obviously in reference to that. Maybe whenever the hell he wants to call his own plays on offense. But what do you make of this? Brady, you know, being not that it's a surprise that he's allowed to coach, but the fact that Bruce Arians was so lax about it. And a lot of people in New England think that he 
firing shots at Belichick, which I don't think is the case at all. Yeah, I mean, it's it's certainly interesting, right? Because I've I've heard fans complaining all year about how, you know, quite the opposite was happening where Arians was getting in Tom Brady's way. But for Arians to say that, I, I don't think it's him protecting himself because he has no reason to do that. I mean, he's in the freaking NFC championship game. You know, I mean, he has no reason to kind of like say, well, I'm doing this. You know, I need set it to set it to say it. But I don't think it's taking a shot at New England. I, I don't because obviously, like, who cares? They, they won six Super Bowls over there. You know, whatever they did worked, too. You know, um, it's just more fascinating to me. I, I wonder what was said, you know, because like he. It, it, it's weird, right? It's it's just weird. He, I, feel, I don't know why he said that. Um, I don't think there's any malicious intent there, but I am a little curious as to why he said that in the first place. You know, I, I, is Tom cool with him saying that? I don't know. I mean, I think Bruce has proven this year of all years that he's comfortable praising Tom Brady as well as being the first guy to criticize him. So something like this doesn't really shock me, but... Where I get kind of confused is this mixed reaction and a lot of people who do feel like he's purposely taking shots at New England because just like you mentioned, James, they won six Super Bowls. Like what shots are there to take? Are there any low blows that you can take from a team that has dominated the last 20 years? And I feel like for Brady's sake, when it comes to the context of the quote, isn't that ultimately why he left New England? Like I know the lack of weapons is one thing, but I know that he also kind of wanted to take charge somewhere else. And I think Tampa Bay has been his opportunity to do that. So it, it doesn't shock me to see something like this, Evan. Yeah, I mean, I agree with what you said when you said that's one of the reasons he left um, because he wanted that freedom. And it just wasn't something that, that he got in New England. And, I mean, hey, it's worked for 20 years, so respect the New England. But there is the Patriot way is unlike something from any other NFL team. Yeah. Right. When you walk into the Patriots headquarters, it's going to be much different than walking into any other NFL team's headquarters. So, yeah, Brady was probably a little sick of it. And then he, he wanted to get some more freedom. Um, and I mean, Arians is right for letting that guy sometimes coach like he's won six Super Bowls. Just it's like why, you guys I mean, said. it's I mean, why you brought him here. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's not like, you know. And I remember even in, in training camp, a lot of people were saying it's like having another coach out there because he's seen it all. He knows it all. He knows the routes that he wants his receivers to run. He knows how he wants them to run it. He knows how he's going to throw it. So and he just he knows what he wants, and he, he knows when he sees it, what's what looks good, what doesn't look good, and what needs to be corrected. So, yeah, I don't think it's a – it was kind of a slow, slow week. <laughs> um, in the beginning of the week, and then they they just looked for that quote and just went with it. So yeah. Now regarding some other news for Tampa Bay, really big addition along that defensive line possibly could be suiting up on Sunday. The Bucks defensive line could be getting a huge boost, and I mean that literally. As Tampa Bay designated Vita Vea to return from the injured reserve, he practiced on Wednesday. He practiced today and he could be activated for Sunday's game. Now, this is big enough in itself, but just another kind of note coming out of practice today. Not only was Vita Vea back practicing and the portion open to the media today, so was Jeremiah Ledbetter, a guy who missed last week's game, showed up on the injury report. So I have to believe if all these guys are healthy, you're not going to see them all dress. But hypothetically, the Bucks could be looking at a fully healthy interior uh, interior defensive line rotation of Indomitian 
Will Golston, Raheem Nunez Rochez, Vita Vea, Steve McClendon, and Jeremiah Ledbetter. I don't know if they'll dress all those guys if they're all ready to go, but the fact that you have that rotation and then Vita Vea back in the mix is is just that's huge. Like that's the best possible news we could have got this week. Yeah, so it was a big surprise, right? I mean, that's um, Bruce Arians was asked about that in like early December, and he was asked if is there any way that Vita Vea or OJ Howard could come back if you guys made a, a playoff run? And Arians didn't even say, "Well, we'll see." Arians said no. Um, Arians flat out just said no, like that's not going to happen. So now, yeah, I mean, news comes out, Rick Stroud breaks it that yeah, they're they're activating Vita Vea off of injured reserve. Um, now it is important to note he is not on the active roster yet. So uh, the Bucks now have 21 days from when they activated him off injured reserve to activate him. If they do not activate him within those 21 days, he can't come back. Um, so he still has to be activated. So to say he's a lock to play on Sunday wouldn't be correct because he still needs to be activated. But it is a good sign. And, I mean, it's a really unexpected sign. So um, it's uh, they didn't even have him last year. I mean, last year. Uh, week six versus Green Bay. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, but it's huge. It, it, just like you said, literally huge. Uh, because... Uh, even if he doesn't play that much, which if he does play, I don't think he's going to play a whole lot. Even if he does, just his presence there is is, is huge. I, yeah, I, I, Sorry, go ahead, James. Oh, you're good. I, I agree with what Evan was saying there. Um, what, what excites me most about Vita Vea coming back, even if he's playing 20 to 25 snaps, is we already know what he can do. We all, we all know what Vita Vea can do, right? When he's fully healthy, when he's ready to go, he's one of the best defensive tackles in the league, period. You know, his run defending is second to none. He was even showing more pass rushing ability this year and starting to get pressure on the quarterback. But, and I think you guys would agree with me on this point to a certain amount, is the opportunities that he creates for other guys in that pass rush along that defensive line, Sue and Golston were looking a whole heck of a lot better when Vita Vea was out there. Same thing can be said with Jason Pierre-Paul and Shaq Barrett. Since he's been gone, um, <clears throat> pass rush hasn't been as potent, I think, besides, you know, guys like Devin White whenever they're blitzing a ton. If you have Vita Vea out there, even if it's 20 to 25 snaps, the opportunities that he's going to create for other people cannot be, you know, under or, or overstated or understated enough. You know, like it, it's a yeah. big deal those opportunities that he's going to give other guys there. Um, so I'm going to be very excited. Like Evan was saying, and I guess even Bruce Arians was saying, I didn't even think that this was a possibility. I just completely blocked this in my mind as to, okay, OJ Howard's out for the year. Vita Vea's out for the year, you know, and that's just how it is. We're not going to see those guys. And when the news broke too, it wasn't like it was something that was building up before the no. game. Yeah. Like it just yeah. came out that like, Hey, by the way, Vita Vea is off of IR. Yeah, it was a it was a Stroud bomb, you know, it was a Stroud bomb. He just dropped it right in, you know, so so just for for that to be an actual possibility is mind boggling. I know Jenna Lane from ESPN called it miraculous, basically his 14 week recovery from a fractured ankle. I mean, that's I'm not a doctor or anything, but that sounds pretty insane to me. Yeah. You know, so depending on how he's feeling, I mean, it sounds like he's been doing a good the past couple of days. Like Evan said, he still needs to be activated. But this is a phenomenal development that I had no idea was even possible. 
Yeah, I mean, well, the funny thing is that that game against Green Bay was their first game without Vita. Um, so, like, they had a ton of success in that game. But then after, really, that Vegas game is when the pass rush, you could tell they were missing them. And uh, there's been a few times where the Bucks kind of got gashed on some runs, and I don't think if Vita Vey is in there. Like I said, I, if – look, guys, like, if he's active, don't expect him to be playing – you know, 90% of the snaps, that's just, that's not realistic. If he's active, maybe he gets in 15 snaps, 20 snaps, maybe. Um, but like you said, James, just his presence is going to make, I think, a lot of people better. Um, it's going to draw more attention, and it's something the Packers will have to think about now. Uh, people have asked me about O.J. Howard. O.J. Howard is a completely different injury. That's a torn Achilles, so he's he's definitely not coming back from that. Um, so he, people were like, oh, does, does this mean maybe O.J. Howard, if you know the Bucks keep going in the playoffs? No, he's, that dude ain't coming back. Um, so, yeah, it was big news. It was a huge surprise, and it's um, it's a pretty big boost, so. Didn't mean to cut you off there, Rep, but No, you're good, man. I, I just I can't stress enough how big having a guy like Vita Vea is. Um, and I mean to have him in a limited capacity, like both of you guys have said, not only helps open up opportunities for other guys, but when I had mentioned before, you know, that full rotation, if they decide to stick with everybody again, and Sue, Will Golston, Nacho, Vita Vea, Steve McClendon, Jeremiah Ledbetter, the rotation is what's going to keep those guys fresh and keep that pass rush healthy and, and keep a lot of different looks coming at Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I would guess Ledbetter and Davis are inactive. Yeah, that's what if, I'm if Vea is if Vea is active, he's like Ledbetter is not good, but um, he's a reserve interior defensive lineman. Um, so I would guess those are the two guys, and maybe like a surprise, maybe like a Steve McClendon or something, if Vea can truly go. And that's if like maybe if they think Vea can play closer to thirty snaps, maybe they're like, yeah, let's not activate McClendon. Let's you know because if you can have Vea Nacho for most of the game just as a rotation there, why not? Yeah. Um. But yeah, it's it's a huge boost and it's something that they've been missing. Hopefully he can get out there, but I mean if he doesn't, it's not like it's not the end of the world because you weren't even expecting this to be a possibility, like James said. So if he doesn't get out there, it's not, oh, man, like, no, like, you weren't expecting this anyway. So yeah. what is it really – what's the difference, you know, if right. he doesn't – if he's not active? So, yeah, they, I mean, it does open up the window that if the Buccaneers do win and advance to the Super Bowl, he'd almost be 100 like, – it'd almost be a guarantee, I think, that he's ready to go, right? Because you have a week – you have a week that you don't play, and then you have the Super Bowl. So you have an extra two weeks. So yep. um, it'll be big. I think right now the Bucks are testing that ankle out, seeing how it responds to the practices and stuff. And if it responds well, we'll, we'll see how much he plays. But. Another big news regarding the injury report this week. Wide receiver Antonio Brown has also yet to practice, listed with a knee injury so far this week. Didn't practice on Wednesday, did not practice today. Now, Bruce Arian said to Presser, he doesn't necessarily need to practice to play, which is a true statement, as we've seen with Jason Pierre-Paul this playoff season. But, uh, I mean, between you and I, I really think he plays this week. I don't think there's any way you go out there without Antonio Brown. Yeah, he'll play. I mean, he's, he's, Arian said oh, he's a game-time decision, but I, I think he'll end up playing. So they have practice, what, tomorrow, So which is Friday. We're recording this on a Thursday, so um, yeah, I would I would expect them I would expect them to go. Uh, oh, knee injury is not believed to be serious. The MRI came back; it was not serious. He was day to day, so I didn't think he was going to practice much this week. So I, I think it'll be a game time decision, and he'll probably end up going. Absolutely. Now let's go over the rest of this Buccaneers injury report really quickly here. 
Wide receiver Mike Evans with a knee injury was limited at practice. He'll be fine. Wide receiver Chris Godwin with a quad injury was limited. He'll also probably be fine. Ronald Jones with a quad finger injury that's been lingering for a little bit. He was limited. He'll be good to go. Left guard Ali Marpet with a pec injury was full participation. Cornerback Sean Murphy Bunting with a quad slash ankle injury was limited. Outside linebacker Jason Pierre-Paul with a knee slash not injury related did not practice. And I think it's safe to say that we probably won't see Jason Pierre-Paul practice as long as the Bucks are in the postseason. Like he just, he hasn't, I don't think he's done a single playoff rep. Or a playoff practice rep, I mean. Uh, Has he played in a playoff game? Oh yeah, Depends on who you ask, I guess. <laughs> well, no, we're the number one Jason Pierre-Paul hater, so he had, <laughs> oh, yeah. he, he had that he had that one good play on on Sunday where he batted the ball down third down. So. Yeah, he also tripped a guy. Um, <laughs> safety, yeah, he did. Safety Jordan Whitehead with a knee injury was limited, and then safety Antoine Winfield Jr. listed as an ankle injury was full. We're not going to spend a lot of time on the Packers injury report because the only guy who has showed up with any sort of uh, questions around him is tight end Mercedes Lewis with a knee injury who did not practice today after practicing on Wednesday. If I had to guess, I think he'll be good to go, but I guess we'll just have to wait and see. Before we go any further, I got a couple of more sponsors for you. Surprise! With a new year comes a ton of new big games in sports. With big games, you need big stakes. Kansas City Stakes is the cuts you crave to celebrate the playoffs and, of course, the big game in February. Try out the Snack Pack Combo on their website featuring small plates with big flavor. They've got a ton of kick-ass stuff. Mini Beef Wellington Steak Burger Sliders, Mac and Cheese Melts, Bacon Wrapped Shrimp. We were taking a look at their website before we recorded this podcast. I mean, they've got seafood, New York Strip, any cut of beef you can imagine. Check it out. Kansas City Steaks, they will hook you up. Every single order is uh, flash frozen, delivered directly to your front porch. Satisfaction guaranteed or your money back. Basically, every cut of steak imaginable, appetizers, desserts, barbecue, and so much more. Visit KansasCitySteaks.com slash game day and save up to $25 on combos perfect for the big game. Plus, get free shipping with code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, at checkout. Again, go to KansasCitySteaks.com slash game day. Use the code BELIEVE. B-L-E-A-V at checkout for free shipping. Kansas City Steaks. Big games, big taste. Support for CFP is also brought to you by our good friends over at MyBookie. Too much of anything is bad, but too much sports is barely enough. With that in mind, say hello to January 2021. From the expanded uh, from the expanded NFL playoffs that we've seen play out, the return of the NBA, the NHL, it is one of the best months in recent memory to be a sports fan. If you want to add some excitement to the games you love, then it's the perfect time to check out my bookie. They'll hook you up with a 50% deposit bonus on a thousand bucks when you sign up. Plus they'll keep the good times rolling with giveaways, free bets, and huge contests all year long. It's simple. Sign up, enter promo code CANNONFIRE, and get your deposit matched halfway up to a thousand bucks. Once again, promo code CANNONFIRE, C-A-N-N-O-N-F-I-R-E, Head over to my bookie today and start 2021 off on the right foot. This year, bet with the best, bet with my bookie. So let's get into this game preview. The Buccaneers headed to the frozen tundra, Lambeau Field, to take on Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. These teams have met before. And the big storyline coming into this week, obviously, is the uh, the frozen tundra. It's going to be cold. You look at the forecast up in Green Bay this week. I think the latest forecast that I saw come out has it somewhere around the mid-20s. Sunday's weather will be 29 degrees, 
13% chance of snow and 7 mile per hour winds. So, to say that this is going to be an epic snow game in Lambeau, that's what you expect in the NFC Championship game in January, but I don't know if that's what we're going to get. No, it's being overblown. Uh, I'm t- it is. It's Yeah, it's a factor, but like the Packers aren't going to win because they're playing cold weather. Like, that's not... Like I'm, I'm sorry. Like that's not a reason. And the pack, oh, the Packers are gonna win because they're they're used to playing in the cold. Like that's not a thing. Like that's just that that that's being overblown. Yes, the weather, especially if there's snow, could definitely play a factor. But it's not gonna play such a big factor to where oh, the Packers are gonna win just because. No, like you still gotta play the game. Um. So yeah, I I think it's personally being a bit overblown, but. Yeah, absolutely. And I do want to talk about the Bucks coming into this game really quickly as the road team. I think you have to mention it and kind of just leave it at this. But you look at the Buccaneers, Tom Brady in particular, his home and road split this season with Tampa Bay on the road. The Bucks are eight and two and Tom Brady has 25 touchdowns to two interceptions on the road that cannot be ignored as you head into a game like this. And a lot of people, of course, calling Tampa Bay the underdogs, which is frankly the way that we like it. But um, yeah, I, I just I don't buy into the Lambo hype like a lot of people are trying to build this narrative. James, what are your thoughts? It's such a weird narrative, right? Like there's so many different things, more important things that people could focus on. Like, you know, Aaron Rodgers basically being the front runner for MVP Their Packers run game being really good. You know, their defense, especially their pass rush improving. Jair Alexander playing like one of the better cornerbacks in the entire league. Like there's so many different things they could focus on that the Packers are good at. And then they just default to it's cold. That's what's going to get them. It's cold. Like, no, like that's such a it's such a weird narrative, but. It's a good headline, right? Where it's like, oh, the frozen tundra. Lambeau Field winter is coming. You know, yeah, team team from Florida, team from sunny Florida coming down to, you know, dark, yeah. dark Lambeau. Like this is such a good example of exactly that, where it's just like it's an it's a weird narrative driven thing with like a storyline and just it's weird. And they're not focusing on the football aspect of it where, you know, the Packers are actually a freaking good team, you know, like they're, they're making it seem like the Packers could be one of the worst teams in the league, but it's cold. And that's their key advantage. (laughs) It's like, no, they have a lot of other things that they're good at. So uh, obviously the Packers aren't going to look at it like that, you know, and, and obviously the Buccaneers are going to be fine. I would think. I mean, now, like Evan said, there are some things that could still change with that. It's going to be a little windy out there. If it does snow, you could see a a very heavy run game between the two. You know, that's how that affects that. I don't think the Buccaneers are going to go up to Lambeau and then just die on the field because it's 29 degrees out, you know, like how they're making it seem. Um, So it's just a weird narrative thing of the media spinning. Yeah. At the end of the day, these guys are professional football players. Like they're, they're, you know, like going into a cold, you know, to play the game. They're not even focused on that. Like you'll see, I bet you'll see some players in warmups with like shorts on. Like you know, like like they're not, they're not focused on that. Go ahead, Rhett. No, you're good. And listen, 
I can understand why a matchup like this has to kind of take this narrative route, this, you know, sports movie route, because, I mean, look at this matchup for what it is. It's Tom Brady, his first year with a new franchise, going up against Aaron Rodgers. It's two of the best in the game. For the first two, time ever in the playoffs. Two after of the best just to ever do it. The Brady. first time the Packers have ever played an NFC Championship game in Lambeau. So I get it. It's a big deal. The road to the Super Bowl goes through Lambeau. Wait, is think, it the first time ever they've played in it, or is it the first time Rodgers has played in one? I want to th- say think it's, it is it, the first time. I, I want to say maybe maybe Rodgers. The first time they I, had I think an it's, NFC I think championship. It's, yeah, I think it's Rodgers' first time. I don't think it's the Packers' first time. Well, there you go. Even then, I guess you can kind of understand why they're going to build this up on the pedestal that they have. But I just wanted to kind of dismiss the weather thing. Like, I think anybody going into this game expecting a huge snowstorm and a classic battle, like, it's not going to be snowing like it was Patriots and Raiders this time 20 years ago. It's just, it's not. Um, but let's talk a little bit more about the quarterback for Green Bay. Like we mentioned at the top of the show, he is a uh, pretty unique specimen this year. And unlike Drew Brees, the Bucs are going to be... I think so. Unlike Drew Brees, on Sunday, the Bucs are going to face a quarterback who is able to make throws. Uh, they're going to have to defend the entire field. Let me just remind you again, Aaron Rodgers, 48 touchdowns, 5 interceptions, I mean, his wide receivers are really, really going to work, and this offense is humming a lot better than I think it has their entire season so far. And obviously, you look at the last matchup, Aaron Rodgers struggled. He got pretty frustrated against the Blitz. I think the Bucs stumped him a couple of times. They caught him sleeping in Week 6. They're two very different teams. Since that game, Green Bay has adjusted. They've handled the Blitz pretty well. And it just kind of, you know, Leaves a lot of questions, but I mean, Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers, dude. Like it, 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 it we just need to talk about that. And I think we need to talk about what he can potentially do to this Buccaneer secondary on Sunday. So the big thing I think is not going to be necessarily the Bucks scheme uh, as much as it was scheme versus the Saints. I think that was more scheme. This is just going to be your players have to be making plays. This is just going to be your talent has to show. Um, not necessarily scheme because, yeah, Drew Brees, I'm convinced the farthest he could throw, like, accurately probably is, like, 20 yards. Like, that's it. Like, in the air. 20 yards in the air. Rodgers can probably launch it, like, 60, 65 still, right? So they're going to launch it, you know, all over that field. And it ain't like Brees. So it's uh and i mean Devontae adams is better than michael thomas and so yeah. it, you know and the, the the saints offense that's not a hot take james that is not a hot take yeah Devontae adams not, I, I mean this season all. i've never personally been a huge fan of the guy but this season he has been pretty special yeah he's probably been the best wide receiver in the nfl this year if if i had to guess um but you know yeah it's that aaron Rodgers guy's pretty good i think and um it's just going to be, I still think, yeah, playing press man like is, is more beneficial. But like you're just going to have to make plays because even against press man, it's not like they can't push the ball down the field. They can. Like yeah. This is a different offense than the Saints. So um, with Drew Brees, you didn't have to be scared of getting beat deep. They had to put in a different quarterback to throw the ball deep, right? They, like, they, they, they had to do that. Packers will don't have any trouble with that. You know, Rodgers can sling that thing. So, you know, it, it's going to be definitely interesting to see. Just I, I think it's not much about the scheme that the Bucks are playing. It still has to be. I, I still think we can all agree. Just yeah, like I said, press man, um, send your blitzers every now and then. Try to confuse Rodgers. Um, 
which I don't know. You have to come up with something different because I don't know if he's going to get confused on the same blitz packages two times, you know, in a season. I think I think having Vita Vea back is really going to help out if you're trying to give him some looks. If he, hasn't if seen. he yeah, yeah, if he if he plays, that's definitely something. I'm not sure. We'll see if like if Vea does play. I don't know. Maybe they're just going to put him in on first and second down and just see, you know, how that works. So, but um, yeah, I mean, it, it's going to be big for the Bucks. Just. Your players have to play. Jason Pierre-Paul, Shaq Barrett, Adamican Sue, Levante David. And, you know, Devin White was a rock star against the Saints. He's got to be another rock star again. Um, Carlton Davis, Sean Murphy Bunting, you had a pick. Uh, Jamel Dean, your safety. I mean, everybody on the defense is just going to have to play good. They're going to have to rise to the occasion and just be better. Do I expect them? I, the Packers are getting over 10 points. I can guarantee you that. Okay, the, the Bucks are not holding the Packers to ten points again. Um, you know, if this game was in Tampa, you know, maybe you could say, oh, well, maybe." But it's a completely different stage now. It's the game means more, and yeah, the Packers' offense was humming when they came to Tampa that first time. They were undefeated, right? And and Rodgers hadn't thrown a pick, and people were saying, "How you gonna stop him?" But man, right now, I mean, they just. They made that that Rams defense is really good, like very good, and they made it look fairly easy. So it's going to be up to the the Bucks defenders, I think, to just making plays. Now, a matchup that I was looking at regarding the Buccaneers defense, we brought it up a little bit. Wanted to ask you guys a little bit more in depth, but Devontae Adams, as we have seen, one of the best wide receivers in the NFL this year, he makes his money on the line of scrimmage. He is one of the best. First couple of steps, shaking his guy and getting the advantage, getting open in space. He does that better than most wide receivers in the NFL. Carlton Davis is a guy who makes his money being physical at the line of scrimmage. He's a big man corner. He's going to put his hands on you. He's going to try his best to jam you up. Do you guys trust number 24 to try and slow down Devontae Adams this week? I trust him, but it's still going to be difficult. James, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I agree. Like Evan was saying a little bit ago, um, Devontae Adams, he's probably the best wide receiver in the NFL this season. Um, if not, maybe like top two, if you want to put up like, I don't know, DeAndre Hopkins up there or whoever else. You know, I mean, Adams is insane. Doesn't Adams have like 18 receiving touchdowns or something this year? I think he so. does. He does. I mean, he's he's phenomenal. I mean, I've liked I've liked Devontae Adams for a few years now. I, I, I always think that he's been a pretty decent wide receiver. Um, like you said, not really a hot take that he's better than Michael Thomas. But, you know, hey, maybe we'll. Get some Saints fans in the comments, uh, but um, but I do want to say this is <laughs> I, I love what Carlton Davis has done this season. I loved what he did last year too. I mean, he's had he's stringing together some good years here. He's still my hashtag number one corner. But even as much as I love Carlton Davis and as much as I think he can hold his own against a guy like Devontae Adams, because quite frankly, you know, wide receivers like Devontae Adams, that's Carlton Davis's best bet to you know stick with guys like that. You know, physical versus physical, Carlton Davis has a pretty decent chance, you know. But I would still probably double-team Devontae Adams much of this game, yeah. hands down. You know, I mean, I think that that has got to be considered. Um, but but I do like Carlton Davis. This is one of the matchups I'm probably most excited for in this game. I was excited for it back in week six, and I'm excited for it now because we all know how good Devontae Adams is. Um, he's phenomenal, but... I still think people are still starting to come around to Carlton Davis and starting to see like really how well he's been playing the past year or two. Um, and this is going to be one hell of a matchup. Absolutely. Now we've talked a lot about Devonte Adams, but he is not the only 
uh, he's not the only weapon on that offense for Aaron Rodgers. You look at the other wide receiver, Alan Lazard, a guy who has really stepped it up second half of the season. They got that big tight end, Robert Tunyon, who is a fantasy godsend second half of the season as well. I mean, even Mercedes Lewis is a playmaker. So there are a lot of guys. And, and you add all of that onto a run game led by Aaron Jones that is just consistently been pretty damn good. It, it, I mean, it's it's a complete package on offense for Green Bay. Yeah, it's, uh, it's tough to stop. It's really pick your poison. Do you want to stop the run? Okay, and then there's always a chance that Rodgers could pull something out of a hat and then uh, pull a fast one on you, and he can just, you know, throw it to Adams. They, I mean, their chemistry right now is second to none, him and Adams. So, um, Or do you want to stop the pass? In that case, Aaron Jones can be in the run game and in the pass game. He's just a pretty good pass catcher. So um, it's uh, – I'm sure Todd Bowles right now hasn't gotten much sleep this week because he's probably been up n- at night thinking of just just how how are they going to be able to stop it and uh, you know a lot of it is your like I said I'm going to keep going back to it a lot of it is your your star players playing like stars your highest paid players playing like your highest paid players yeah yeah I agree with that you know Evan made a good point of talking about that Rams defense I mean we're very familiar with that Rams defense we played them. Uh, earlier on this year, and, and I well, they did have an injured Aaron Donald, but still, they they have talent all over that place. Right, exactly, and you know they did play this Rams defense earlier on this year. I believe it was what week ten. I think it was around the, there. I think it was the toughest defense they played all what? year too. So the 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 Bucks. Yeah, uh, week eleven on Monday Night Football. I yeah, and I mean that's that's an insanely tough defense, and for Aaron Rodgers and the Packers to go out there, like Evan said, just kind of make it look easy you know like you said Aaron Donald was in and out of that game but still uh, this offense is no joke uh it's gonna be interesting to see specifically Aaron Jones Jamal Williams AJ Dillon I mean that kind of three-headed trio at running back versus the Bucks run defense um I'm gonna be curious to see especially if Vita Vea plays again I know it, I, I do want to restate that it's not a guarantee he's going to play hmm. um you know and we're not assuming that he's going to be playing right now but um, still, regardless, I mean, I think the Bucks' run defense has still been pretty darn good even without Vita Vea. So that's going to be one heck of a matchup there. Um, Number like one Evan in the said, league, two years in a row. Right. And, and like Evan said earlier, like Todd Bowles has got to get creative with his blitzing and all these other different things that he's going to have to do. I mean, there's there's going to be a lot. I mean, is it I don't think it's crazy to say this is probably the most complete offense in the NFL. Is that safe yeah, to say? I think you're right. Yeah, it's, I think it's the complete it's, package. As far as quarterback, the only thing is like they don't have a true wide receiver too, right? Um, and and their tight ends are yeah, like right. they could upgrade there. But yeah, I mean, I think Devonte Adams being so good kind of makes it up for the lack of a wide receiver too, right? And I mean, but yeah, and they're two stud running backs like Jamal Williams would be a starter on probably like twenty other teams in the league. Yeah. Um, their offensive line is really good. I do believe they don't have David Bakhtiari. That's what uh, I was going to say. That yeah. is the one thing that I could see is kind of like the Achilles heel of this mm-hmm. Packers offense is they have got to exploit the fact that David Bakhtiari is not playing in this game. Mm-hmm. Whoever they want to line up against that backup left tackle, who I'm not sure who the backup left tackle for the Green Bay Packers is, but I'm sure he's probably been playing okay. You know, you got to put your best pass rusher there and just send them, you know, mm-hmm. on certain right. situations. And I'm, the Packers will know that and the Packers will adjust. But I mean, that's your one of your best bets. 
period, you know, and I'll, you know, I'll be honest to kind of piggyback off of what you had brought up with. I think that's been an issue with Tampa Bay this season. seems like every single, every single game that we're like, Hey, they've got a backup offensive lineman or two. That's the game where you don't really see that four man pass rush get there. And obviously Devin white being back is going to give them a little bit better of a look on the blitz, but it's going to be huge for just the pass rush this week. Take advantage of a backup left tackle and uh, do your best to slow down Aaron Rodgers, because even if pressure gets there, another big difference between Drew Brees and Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers is a little bit better on his feet than number nine mm-hmm. is. Um, yeah, I mean, he can extend the play. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Drew Brees, even if, like, Drew Brees, like, that wasn't, like, Drew Brees has shelled himself now, but, like, even in Drew Brees' heyday, he was never a guy that's going to extend the play. Aaron Rodgers has a history of doing that, and, yeah, he can just, he can just sling it, so. Yeah. Let's take a look at what is in store for the offense this week in Tampa Bay. I'll kick things off. I'll tell you, I, I like this game as a running game. I know we talked about the snow mm. kind of being a factor, and I don't think it's going to snow, but I like the running back rotation that we have seen in the playoffs. Leonard Fournette is running like a different running back, and Ronald Jones still looks just as explosive whenever he gets the football. And this is this is a game where... Roll out whoever you want to roll out. I'm sure Fournette will probably be the starter for that first drive, but if he takes off early, ride the hot hand. Like, I am okay yes. with Ronald Jones kind of sitting on the bench for an extra series if Fournette has 60 yards by the end of the first quarter. Just play off Lenny, man. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's just it's a different breed. And and he was a little shaky as a pass catcher in New Orleans. Uh, he dropped that one pass, but he also had a nice, uh, nice screen few dump offs um he bobbled the touchdown oh, which man. if if they, i i don't know if that was a touchdown i, I think they would have kept it because I they know. called it a touchdown i remember joe uh, buck and troy aikman just belly yeah. aching after I'm, i don't know why they didn't review uh, that longer yeah i, I was kind of surprised they didn't either because i was like eh. but i still think they probably would have they would have kept it a touchdown just because they called it one but yeah i like the rotation but i just disagree that I mean, you've almost said every playoff game this this year that they have to just run the ball, and you have Tom Brady. So yeah. uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure where your thought process comes from. That I understand the weather, but I mean, when you have Tom Brady and offense that's literally built to throw the ball, uh, I think that's what that's what you have to do. And um, I mean, the Packers secondary is good, but I mean, the Bucks. The Bucks still have a, a ton of weapons. So I am a guy who can always appreciate a commitment to the run game. If it's not 25 carries, give me 15 plus. But the logic that I have, at least coming into this, is so I thought. It seems like this Bucks offense runs its best whenever the run game is working. I mean, Leonard Fournette had a pretty productive day against Washington. Wasn't as productive against the Saints, but the run game was still somewhat committed to. And it yeah. is. Jones had a better day running the ball against the Saints than Fournette did, but Fournette was effective in the passing game. Right. I just think that if you have a run game that's established early, it's always something you can go back to. If we see the offense kind of try and force a deep play, and then they stall out, quick three and out, didn't run the ball enough, that's what gets a little frustrating. Because, yeah, it is an offense that is built to throw the ball. You have Tom Brady. But I just don't like Tom Brady throwing the ball 45 times, which is probably what will end up happening this Sunday. But I'm just I guess I'm old fashioned. I don't know, man. I just like a good old fashioned running back having a big day. I'm not saying 45 times, but like, (laughs) like, I understand what you're saying when it runs best. I don't know. I'm going to go somewhere in the middle, I think. 
which you know, hey, cool, we well, got that, all. That, that's ideal. So that's right, I'm, well, well, I'm glad you're. I'm glad you're here. Thank you. Well, well, what I mean by that is because I just looked it up. You know, they gave gave up 90 yards and a touchdown on 18 carries to Cam Akers in the divisional round against Los Angeles Rams. Their run um, defense is definitely the the weakness <clears throat> of their defense. Yeah, and, and I think back to that last NFC Championship game that they were in last year versus the 49ers, right? Where their run defense just, I mean, got completely blown apart. Now they are a little bit better. I think they rank in the top half um, in terms of rushing yards and rushing touchdowns and stuff like that. They have a top half rushing defense. Um, <clears throat> but I, I think exactly what like what Evan was talking about, where um, playoff Lenny, they ran him a little bit more and they let him be a little bit more of a receiver. <clears throat> I think that's that's going to be the best way. I, I, I think like. It's, it's going to sound weird, but like kind of do what you were doing versus the Saints, right? And I know that's kind of like, well, what do you mean by that? But like, you know, have a healthy amount of carries, right. you know, run whenever it's necessary, but then also try and get those guys involved in the passing game. Yeah, so well, Leonard Fournette and Ronald Jones uh, combined had 30 carries, and Tom Brady threw the ball 33 times. So that's pretty right. much perfectly balanced. Right. And, and I think be. and there. Yeah, exactly. You know, and, and I think if they do a similar thing versus the Packers, I do think they might be able to have a, a better chance of success there on in both regards. Um, I'm going to disagree, though, with I think if Ronald Jones is healthy, I mean, I think you've got to start giving him the ball right away. Yeah. You know, over a guy like over a guy like playoff Lenny. I love playoff Lenny. He's going to earn himself some money with this playoff run, you know, and so I, from I, somebody else, but. right from somebody else. <laughs> and I, you know, and I, that's great. Go get your money playoff Lenny. But I mean, just every time I even had casual people, casual fans who were watching the game last week, come up to me and say, man, that Ronald Jones guy, every time he got the ball, I mean, you couldn't even tell he was hurt. And yeah. I was like, yeah, he was, he was dealing with a couple of injuries and they were well, like, you couldn't even let, tell let playoff Lenny told him F that you know he gets in the playoffs <laughs> every now and then so right you know so it, it, it was very interesting so I think if Ronald Jones is healthy I think you got to start off by giving him the ball he's just he, he's running so hard and he's so is so is Lenny but I mean Ronald Jones just seems to be doing just a little bit more yeah. in terms of efficiency yeah well Jones had one less rushing yard than Fournette did but Fournette had four more carries so Right. Jones, Jones had a better day. And I'm, listen, I'm not going to shy away from the fact that towards the end of the season, I was pounding the table for Ronald Jones to get his carries, which he ultimately did until he was injured. But I also kind of look at it in the playoffs. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. I am all for yeah. Ronald Jones getting his chance to get those carries. And I think he is the more explosive back. And I think when you're looking at the future of the team, Ronald Jones is going to be here a hell of a lot longer than Leonard Fournette is. But at that's just kind of the way I see it. But I, I will finish with this so, before we talk about some of the other things in the offense. Towards the latter half of the regular season and in the playoffs, something that this Bucks offense has done really well that didn't work for a lot, uh, didn't work for a lot of the time, is the short passing game. And nobody can tell me that the run game does not directly benefit the short passing game. So when you have those drives where you're taking a lot of time off the clock, that's where the commitment to the run can come in handy. And I think it can you know, play more than one factor yeah. in the game. Well, last time Bucks played the Packers, Ronald Jones had 23 carries, 113 yards, and two touchdowns. Hell yeah. Um, Tom huh. Brady threw the ball 27 times and had 166 yards. Leonard Fournette was not active in that game. He was still uh, hurt. I think believe he was dealing with an ankle injury. So Leonard Fournette did not play in that game. 
can can I ask you guys just one quick question? You know, we we just talked about or Evan no. just so Evan had just talked the same about thing, dude. I just wanted to say no, just to say no. <laughs> so so Evan had just no, talked about and then just end the Fournette. podcast. <laughs> so so Evan had talked about in the divisional roundabout how Fournette. I mean, he only had one drop, but there was a couple of times where he was bobbling the ball, mm. you know, with the touchdown things like that. Yeah. And I don't know why this hasn't happened yet, and I want your guys' thoughts on this. But Lashawn McCoy. Uh, you know, do you guys feel like maybe he'd have a little bit more sure hands, you know, in terms of getting him involved in the passing game? What are your guys' thoughts on that? Well, was was he was he active? I think he was. Yeah, I think Keyshawn Vaughn was inactive, I think. Yeah. Um, but uh yeah, I, I think the thing I think the Bucks like McCoy's ability to catch the ball. I just think they don't like what he does after it. I think there it's too much like Charles Sims for them. Yeah. Uh, the where he just doesn't attack. He he wants to dance around a little bit, and Leonard Fournette does that a little bit, but he he gets to the to the point where he needs to quicker than McCoy does, and with his more determination. So I, I think, think it's Fournette, not a matter of catching the ball; it, it's a matter of what you do after you do after you do catch the ball. And Fournette's also got a little bit better of an ability to kind of you know make contact where he needs to be, and then continue the play. You know, he's a little bit bigger than than Shady McCoy, and I don't know if Shady McCoy can take on two defenders and take them an extra two or three or four yards when it matters the most. But I will say that I do like Shady as a pass catching running back. But so far, these two for these first two playoff games, we have not seen him, which leads me to believe it's probably going to be another week of not really seeing him. uh, Yeah, you're going to see as long as they're healthy, you're going to see Jones and Fournette. It's just like. You know, it's it's just like in in the NBA, pretty much. When you get into the playoffs, you go down to a seven or eight man rotation. Like in the regular season, you have a nine or ten man rotation. When you get into the playoffs, you really shrink it down. And right now, I think the Bucks have shrunk down their running back rotation to two guys, and those are the only two guys that are going to get it. Yeah. Let's talk about the passing game. I've already kind of said my piece on what I think the Bucks should do. I like a run heavy day. I like the short passing game, the long drives that take a lot of time off of the clock. But Evan, well, that's also keeping Rodgers off the field, so yeah. that's important. But, too. but what do you think is the best route for Tom Brady to take to attack this Packers defense, which is, you know, no slouches over there either. Yeah, I think it has to be more like the Washington game plan. I wasn't particularly impressed with the game plan early on in the Saints game. Felt a lot like they were trying to force deep shots. I mean, third and one, throw a deep shot. I mean, maybe that's Brady's idea. Maybe that's that's him. Maybe that's the play calling. We won't truly know. Um, maybe, you know, that's there's literally there's one deep shot on that play, and the rest of the guys are running curls, and Brady just shows the deep shot. Who, who knows, right? Um but, uh, I mean, I think it, it has to be more like Washington. I really like the, their game plan versus Washington. They utilize play action. Um, they got guys open. And, obviously, you need a better day from Chris Godwin than you did in the Washington game and in the Saints game. So, I think he's he's a key guy. But as far as the passing game goes, I say put the ball in Tom Brady's hands when you need to. Just do it. here. He's he's the GOAT, right? He, he's led you this far. And uh, I think you need to continue to put the ball in his hands. So I'm not saying throw the ball 50 times, but uh, if you need a first down, you know, if it's in a critical spot, I, I'd be throwing the ball more than passing it. I mean, yeah, yeah, throwing the ball more than running it. I was going to say throwing the ball more than passing it. That wouldn't make much sense. <laughs> one one thing that I could see, which we, we, we're starting to see it get more and more heated up as these playoff games have been progressing, is the tight ends. You know, Cam Brady's getting a lot more involvement. Cameron, and, they've yeah. been, and Brady's been taking his shots with Gronk. You know, he 
missed him a couple of times in that Saints game. Grog, but I mean, uh, been... he, Grog should have had a touchdown. I'm sorry, you got to get yeah. there in, in the corner of the end zone. You yeah. got it. That's not on. The ball is a little bit out there, but you got to you got to make that play. Exactly. You know, and but the point is, is that, you know, they're starting to heat up in terms of the targets to those two guys specifically. And I do know that the Packers do have a very solid pass defense. Again, I think they have a top 10 pass defense in the league right now. Mm-hmm. Jair Alexander, like I said, I mean, he's phenomenal. Um, but this could be a game where you see Cam Brayton, Rob Gronkowski get a lot of action there in the middle of the field um, with guys like Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, um, taking up a lot of coverage, and then also Antonio Brown dealing with injuries as well, you know. Um, could be a game where we see a lot of Cam Brayton and Chris Godwin, who, or Cam Brayton and Rob Gronkowski, who knows. Which yeah. you saw the first Packers game was Gronkowski's first touchdown catch, and he had five receptions for 78 yards. So it was Gronkowski's biggest day as a Buccaneer came against the Packers. Well, his first big day as a Buccaneer, but he's had bigger days, but... Mm-hmm. Every single week here on the Game Preview Show, we do something called the Weekly Checklist to close things out. And basically what it is, it is a list of three things that I put together. And if the Bucks do these three things, they should come out victorious this Sunday in advance to the Super Bowl. Holy shit, I can't believe I just said that. Here we go. First of three things on the Weekly Checklist. A lot of these things we already talked about, but just as a refresher, we'll go over them one more time. And of course, if you guys at any time have anything else you want to add to the list, definitely just let me know. Number one, play physical and jam your receivers at the line of scrimmage. The line of scrimmage is huge in this game. Whoever wins the battle of the line of scrimmage is probably going to get the advantage. I mean, not only along that pass rush, we talked about the addition of Vita Vea. He is what wins the Bucks pass rush. Uh, a lot of those, you know, pushes at the line of scrimmage. We've talked about that before. But um, play physical, a lot of press, man, and... Uh, yeah, I guess just be physical. That That's how you're going to handle this offense of Green Bay. That's how you're going to attempt to slow them down. Number two, ride the hot hand at running back. That's more so for myself. I don't know who else feels that way, but I think whoever is the more explosive back out of the gate is who you need to ultimately roll with. If Fournette gets your first carries and he has a good first quarter, leave him in there. If Ronald Jones has more carries or more yards over his first five carries than Fournette does, then leave Ronald Jones in there. It is his time to carry the rock. But whoever is running well at the running back position, I I think you should just leave them in the game, let them eat, because I think it ultimately leads to a really big day on the ground if either one of those two guys are going to be humming early on. Number three, protect the ball. We didn't talk about it a lot, but Whoever loses the turnover battle is more than likely going to lose this game because these are not a pair of offenses that turn the ball over very much. So if you do and you you know come up with an interception, you better make damn sure you uh, take advantage and come away with seven points because you're not going to get another chance like that against Aaron Rodgers in this offense. Yeah, and the same thing for the Packers with Tom Brady. I mean, you know, in that week six matchup, Brady had zero interceptions and Rodgers had two. And you could say that that was, I know that the Bucks won by 28 points, but you could say that was basically the difference. It was the, the Kickstarter for sure. Obviously, you know, the pick six, so that's seven points anyway he turned into. And then the the next drive when Rodgers threw the pick, the Bucks the next play turned into seven points. All of a sudden, down 10 nothing, up 14-10. You know, and, and that was a big reason why they they beat the Saints. If if, if the Buccaneers don't uh, force a single turnover against the Saints, I don't know if they beat the Saints. You know, uh, they have four. They had four turnovers, four takeaways by the defense, and the offense scored points on three of them. So if if you have zero of those, I don't know if the Buccaneers beat the Saints. So it's it's very important. Um, you know, and just like you said, uh, I didn't expect Drew Brees to, to throw three interceptions, but I. 
would bet you money that Aaron Rodgers is not going to throw three interceptions. So this Packers offense is not going to be playing sloppy, so the Bucks offense has to play a really crisp and, and clean game as well. Do you have anything you wanted to add to the checklist at all? Um, um, I don't know. I was, I mean, I was going to say make your kicks oh, if it God was going to, if it was, if it was snowing, um, just because like footing and stuff like that is forecasted uh, to be a little bit windy, but I mean, I think we can trust yeah. our guys suck up with some wind by now. Yeah. I mean, so I, I'll trust them there. Um, not, yeah, I get pressure. Yeah. I mean, I say it every time is I'm a big pressure guy, but uh, you got to hit Rogers. Uh, if you let him stand back there, it's going to be a long day. Attack it's going to be a that. very go ahead. I was going to say attack that backup left tackle. Yeah, I mean he's. I don't know who he is, but he's been doing solid because he hasn't derailed their offense. And uh, you know, a bad left tackle could do that for you. But um, he's got to hit him. I mean, if you let him back there, he's going to find a guy, and it's it's not going to be a pretty day for you. So uh, you in the first matchup, they were able to hit him, and that was a big key. You got to come and you got to hit him. I mean that that's a huge key. And also on the other end, you got to protect Tom Brady. So um, protection on offense and disruption on defense. There you go, James. You have anything else you wanted to add to the checklist before we do our final score predictions? Uh, not really. I mean, just play clean. I mean, you got to play close to perfect, right? You yeah, really right. do. At I this said this time of year. Yeah, you got. Yeah. You got. Two, you have two games here where you got to play perfect. Yeah, and I, and I talked about this before the Saints game as well. I mean. And they did do it a little bit, you know, drive killing penalties, drive extending penalties. No room for that. Absolutely no room for that. I mean, everybody has got to be on their absolute A game. So that would just that would be the only thing that I would say is just play as close to perfect as possible and try and play as clean as possible, you know, Um, because that in games like this where things are really this close in terms of talent and neck and neck in terms of overall play and stuff like that this is where it's like one or two things could decide whether or not you're going to the Super Bowl or not. Right. 100%. 100%. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to wrap this show up with some final score predictions. Could be our last one of the season. Who the hell knows? If the Buccaneers win on Sunday, of course, we'll have another one in store for you. But here we go. I'll start mine off. I think it's a somewhat high-scoring game. I think one of these teams scores over 30, but not by very much. I think it's a close game, and I think we said it about the Saints game, but I think whoever has the ball last is going to win. Aaron Rodgers versus Tom Brady, Lambeau Field, January Conference Championship. Let's go. My final score. I'm sure you can already guess who I'm going to pick. Got to keep the streak rolling, baby. 31-28, to Tampa Bay comes out on top, and they advance to their first Super Bowl since 2003. That's the way I see it. What do you think, Evan? So uh, predicting games this year, regular season and playoffs, I've been wrong three times, which is actually pretty impressive. Um, I have been wrong at three games. Uh, two of them, I actually picked the Bucks to win, and they didn't. Uh, it was the Chicago game and the second Saints game. I picked the Bucks to win, and they didn't. But the other one I got wrong was the Packers game, and I picked the Packers to win, and, and the Bucks came out and throttled them. This is not going to be thirty-eight to ten, okay? <laughs> this is I can guarantee you. Um, you know, I don't even think whoever wins this game ain't going to win it by double digits. It's not going to be a ten-point win like it was against New Orleans, right? Yeah. Um, it's not. It's just not going to be. Both these teams are going to play hard, I think. Um, man, the Packers are hot. I mean, the Bucks are really hot, too. And it's really going to determine, like I said, just 
like it's like James said, the Bucks are gonna have to play perfect, and but you need to play perfect to, to get to the Super Bowl. That's why it's it's so difficult. They played a near perfect game against New Orleans, and they were able to beat New Orleans. I just don't know how they're gonna be able to stop Green Bay's offense enough. And what scares me is if you give the ball back to Aaron Rodgers with like two minutes left, the game's over. Like. That dude is either going to, if he needs a touchdown, he's going to get the touchdown. Like, you know, um, so that that kind of scares me. Um, but I do think it's going to be a close game. I think the Bucks are going to put up a good fight, but I do think their season ends. Oh. Um, I, I think uh, I think that the Packers will win uh, 31-27 to 27 Packers. Uh, it's, like I said, I don't think there's anything to be ashamed of. I mean, I think... I think we were talking about this, but before before the uh, the show started, how the season's already been a success, and I don't think, I think even if he asked Rhett, uh, who's the you know the optimist, I don't think he would have expected the Bucks to be in the NFC Championship game. So um, let, let's not forget, guys, the Packers are thirteen and three this year. They're the number one seed in, in the NFC. Hey, they're a number one seed for a reason. They are a darn good football team. They're an elite football team. Losing four points to them in their house in the NFC Championship game, it, there's no shame in that. Obviously, you'd love a Super Bowl, but unfortunately, I don't see that happening, and I see the Packers moving to the Super Bowl and sending the, the Buccaneers home. James, I'm glad your prediction was last. Go ahead and warm things up for me, buddy. I'm going to say 38-35 Bucks. Let's win. go. I mean, what Let's else? Go. What else? On a, on a Ryan suck-up game winner, baby. Yeah. Uh, Let's go. Money. He kills the kicking curse. He just flicks off the entire crowd at Lambeau, and we all just cry <laughs> in our reactions. It's going to be a beautiful thing. He now, I will say they start this. Beating him up. Huh? He Lambeau leaps after the game winner, and they just beat oh, his ass. You're right. Yeah, yeah. And then he can't play in the Super Bowl. <laughs> and then all hell breaks loose, and then they sign Pat McAfee to be the kicker, and just yeah. so much Pat McAfee. Pat McAfee's a punter, though. He said he'll kick. Yeah, it's yeah, fine. Okay, okay, that's fine. I think but, he actually has a like a, a preseason field goal under his belt. Sure he does. I, I do want to say this. I talked about this right after the Saints game. Uh, beating the Saints and eliminating them from – how even if the Bucks lose, this is a successful season in my yep. opinion. Yep. They finish as one of the top four teams in the league. A and lot they, of people they, didn't – They beat the bully. They beat the Saints. That's like winning a Super Bowl to me. Yeah. Not only did they eliminate the Saints – but Drew Brees is done, right? I know it's not officially, officially confirmed, but Ian Rappaport just keeps on referring to him as retired at this point. Mm. That, to me, is already like winning a Super Bowl, you know? Um, <clears throat> it, it's it's just, it helps the Buccaneers out for a long time, hopefully, you know, in terms yeah. of getting back to the so, playoffs and consistently doing good. So here's the thing. The, the teams that got revenge in the playoffs so far were the Cleveland Browns against the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Cleveland Browns went on to lose their next matchup. Where the Baltimore Ravens against the Tennessee Titans, the Baltimore Ravens ended up going to lose their next matchup. Um, so, and and it's also the the Rams against the Seahawks, because I believe that the Seahawks had beaten them, and the Rams lost their next matchup. So, Evan, why the hell are you like this? And look, just because not everything's gonna be sunshine and rainbows, okay? Now, somebody has to do it. You act like I said they're gonna get blown out. You now, know. No, no, no. Back to what I now. Back to what I said though is like this season is already a success. Yeah. You know, obviously they're going to be all in next year as well. But 
Jeez, we beat the Saints. You know, I mean, this is a successful. This <laughs> they, is they haven't made the playoffs since 2007, and they just went 11 and five and won two playoff games. Like right, and, and, and I totally understand that mindset of, you know, well, they have Brady. They should be going to the Super Bowl. You know, and I, I totally get that. You know, obviously that's what this team is built here to do. Every team wants to go to the Super Bowl, but I mean, this season, it's what a so freak, difficult. What, what a run. Right. Yeah. What a freaking run this year has been. This year still doesn't feel real to me. You know, so regardless of how that Packers game ends, the Buccaneers have won playoff games for the first time in 18 years. They made the playoffs for the first time in 13 years. And it feels really freaking good to be making podcasts and videos and other content this deep into January, whereas right. otherwise we would be talking about. Hey, who do you guys think the new head coach is going to be? Or hey, who do you think our court like who who do you think our quarterback's going to be? And like all these other things that we could be talking about, we're not talking about that, you know, because they're in the NFC Championship game. So this has been one hell of a run, and I still think the Bucks are going to win. But regardless of how this run ends, like this has I, already you know, been a success. For, for the season. record, for, for for people out there that are like mad at me, I hope I'm wrong. Like I'm not <laughs> I'm not sitting here like I'm not sitting here rooting against the Bucks. I'm not sitting here. Oh yeah, Aunt Rogers, baby. Like he's a Saints no, fan I, in disguise. Like I, I oh always God, has no. been. I'm 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 more likely to be an Eagles fan in disguise than a Saints fan. Uh, I freaking hate that team. Um, but I, I mean, you know, I'm not sitting here. I, I want the Bucks to win. It's in, you know, it, I, I like doing this show. I don't want this to be the last game preview we do. You know, I mean, yeah, you want to win this freaking Super Bowl, especially if you get this far. But it's just, you know, it's so difficult to win it. It, it really is. Aaron Rodgers hasn't been to a Super Bowl in 11 years. Aaron Rodgers went to the NFC Championship game last year and got throttled. Like yeah. it's it's difficult to win. Russell Wilson hasn't been there since 2015. Drew Brees hasn't been there since 2000. Uh, what eight? 10, All right. I think nine, I mean nine, 2010 10. actually. I think it was 10. No, 2009, and then Madden I think 11. Rodgers, I always 10. think of Madden 11. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that would be 2010 then because it goes yeah. year 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 ahead. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's just it's it's difficult to win, and it really is. And, and Brady's been to plenty of AFC Championship games. He lost to Denver twice in the AFC Championship game in Denver. It's it's tough. It's not easy to do. And that's why you don't see many repeat champions. It's going to be very difficult for the Kansas City Chiefs to to repeat. Right. I mean, they got to get past the Buffalo Bills first, but then they either have to beat the Bucks or the Packers. It's difficult to win two championships in a row if you're any sport, you know, except maybe the NBA, where it's just these these super teams in football. It's so difficult and it's it's very, very tough. I mean, I think the last team to do it was Tom Brady in uh, what? Oh, three and oh, four, I think, beating the beating the actually oh, four and oh, five, beating the, the Panthers and the Eagles back to back. That's the last team that went back to back Super Bowl. So. Yeah, it's it's um, it's extremely difficult. It's extremely difficult to get there, and it's it's difficult to get to the NFC Championship game. And kudos to them for for doing it. I'm proud of everybody involved. Uh, congratulations to them all. I just personally, the Packers are just a really hot team, and there's no shame in losing to this Packers team. This is not like the Washington Football Team, you know, made the NFC Championship game, and you're pacing them. This is not that. And Evan. Whenever we mess with you here on the show, at least I know whenever I mess with you on the show, it's always, you know, kind hearted. I'm just joshing you. I, I know I know that you want this Bucks team to win. And I think a lot of level headed people who who take in our content also know that you want this team to win. But I agree with everything both of you guys said to kind of put a bow on top of everything as we kind of 
you know, look back at this season as a whole to say to say it was a success, I think, is an understatement. But on top of everything that we had just talked about, it is Tom Brady's first season in Tampa Bay. Evan and I both predicted them to go 11 and five. Neither of us predicted them to go to the NFC championship game. A lot of people. Now, I will, I will say the one, Super Bowl. one. Here's one one optimistic look. So I did a thing before the season started where I predicted every NFL team's like standings and stuff, and I predicted the playoffs. I had the Bucks winning a playoff game. I had them going eleven and five and winning a playoff game. That playoff game was against the Packers in Lampa. So <laughs> there's that. There you it's go. Fate. The preseason predictions never. I fail. think I had I had the Bucks. I had the Bucks as a six seed and the Packers as the three seed. Mm-hmm. So I had the Bucks going to Green Bay. And beating them in the first round, and then losing to New Orleans, actually. So maybe it's a little bit reversed there. Look at how that turned out for you. But ladies and gentlemen, I believe that's just about going to do it for this episode of the Cannon Fire Podcast. It's been a little bit of a lengthy one, but it really has been a great time on this week's game preview show. Thank you so much to our good buddy James Hill, aka Mr. Bucks Nation on YouTube, for showing up and showing out. Really appreciate you, buddy. Honorary third member of the show at this point. And for the people who are not familiar, where can they find you and your awesome content? Uh, yeah, just here on YouTube at Mr. Bucks Nation. Um, been making a lot of videos, have a lot of cool ideas for off-season content uh, that we hopefully won't have to get into for a few more weeks here. Game's so going on TB12 diet again. Oh, no, we're not. <laughs> if the if the Bucks win the Super Bowl, can you? No, I don't want to. That's actually painful. I nah, can't handle it. Oh, dude, you, right, you, if, if, if you if you if, made it. If you made a commitment, uh-huh. like if the Bucks won the Super Bowl and you made a commitment to go on the TV 12 diet from the end of the season to the start of like training camp, you'd be absolutely shredded. You'd shredded. be a machine. Oh, I, James, I definitely they, they would be signing you to a futures contract, man. I definitely I definitely would be. Um, I've had a lot of people ask me what they, oh, James, shave your head if the Bucks win the Super Bowl. It's, it's like, Jesus, guys, give me a break here. But can it be something you enjoy kind of? Huh? If they win the Super Bowl, can't it be something you enjoy? Like, right? why is that like a punishment? Shave your head, do this, do this. That's it's, yeah, that that is a punishment. It, it's all painful. So, um, do we? St- I do still have some content here coming up here for, uh, for the rest of this week, talking about some of the Packers games and some of the, some of the stuff about that. Um, but yeah, really fun. We're on the road to 10K, so that yeah. feels good. So, um, right. let's keep on rolling. How about this? If if the Bucks win the Super Bowl, we'll just We'll each get like a like a thing of wings like in front of us or whatever, and we'll just sit down. We'll go live. And we'll just talk. We'll, we'll just have like a chat. Just, we'll do. Yeah, we'll just, do just, another. We'll do another ASMR live stream like the yeah, King of the Wing competition. Yeah, Everybody will talk, but in between it, you'll just get the yeah bunch of bones yeah. sucking. <sighs> just <Yeah>. the deep, <laughs> heavy breathing in between eating wings. Yeah. Oh man, let's wrap. Yeah, it, it won't. It won't be as bad because we won't, we wouldn't be eating them as fast. So yeah, that's fair. That's fair. That's let's true. go ahead and wrap this thing up. Find the show on social media: Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All of those are Cannon Fire Podcast. Best places to go for updates on the show, and of course, Buccaneer news as it happens. Speaking of Bucks news as it happens, you can check out my co-host Evan on Instagram at Bucks underscore Daily, the number one Buccaneers fan page on Instagram. You can also find him on Twitter at Evan NFL. You can also find myself, Instagram and Twitter, at Redicus, R-H-E-T-T-A-K-U-S. If you follow me, I will follow you back. The next time you talk to you guys, the Bucks could either be headed to the Super Bowl. Or headed home. Or headed home. Which, or, well, headed to the Super Bowl, which is home, or headed home, which... Either yeah. way, they're going home. Yeah, oh, either way, man. they're going to Tampa. 
That's a terrible way to put it, but I guess it's true. Like they're they're one win away from making history because no team has ever like even like been in the Super Bowl that they've played in their home stadium. Yeah, one game away. Like I mean, like obviously, like not even one or lost. Like they've never even been in it. Like the 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 home team, like the team that's like hosting the the thing, has never even been in the game. The last closest team was Minnesota last year. Yeah, what it was? No, two years ago. Two years ago. It was it was the year. No, three years ago. It was the year that the Eagles won. So it was three years ago. Mm-hmm. Minnesota went yeah. to the NFC Championship game, and they went to Philly and lost. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They got routed that game, too, if I remember. Yeah. Uh, this is history is not good. <laughs> after <laughs> after Minnesota had beaten the Saints. Uh-oh. Oh, Jesus Christ. All right, let's go ahead and wrap <laughs> this thing up. Thank you guys for tuning in. We will catch you guys on Monday for our post-game show. Or, you know what? Damn it. If they win on Sunday, we'll probably go live after the game. I guess you'll just have to stick around and wait and see. I'm your host, Rhett Matthew, signing off from my co-host, Evan Wanish, and our special guest, James Hill. Thank you guys for tuning into our show. We'll catch you next time. Until then, go Bucks! Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.